Hi, I'm Mr. G, and you're listening to Create, Explode, Repeat. Today we'll be talking with Brad Breek, the composer of Gravity Falls, about creativity, the business of making music, vintage keyboards, and giant robots. I'm Mr. G, a.k.a. Stephen Wesley Giles, and this is Create, Destroy, Repeat. Today we'll be talking with Brad Breek. Is that right, Breek? That's right. Mm -hmm. And uh, Brad is the composer and all music for Gravity Falls, mm -hmm. and he's working on We Bear Bears. Yep. And what else are you working on right now? What are the shows I'm you're doing? The we're doing the new Voltron oh. show for DreamWorks, which is myself and one of the guys. I have a guy who works with me named Brian Parkhurst, who um, kind of came up as my assistant, and now we're doing this show together. Um, what else? I do a show called Awkward on MTV. Oh, I forget. Yeah, I do another show on Disney called Pickle and Peanut, which is oh, really funny. I love that theme song, by the way. Too. Oh, I, did, I didn't. I'm song. not responsible for that part of it, but uh, I do. I love that show. It's so funny. It's. I can't believe it's on Disney. It's so weird. So, is it so out there? Yeah, it's. It feels like it should be on Adult Swim or something. It's like it's got that edge of. I haven't. Yeah. I haven't watched that one it's yet. So I'll have to funny. check it out. I'll have to check it out. <laughs> Um, well, so um, well, we'll just start off with a few of the the classic basic questions. Uh, where did you grow up? Where are you from? Mm -hmm. I grew up in uh, like an hour south of Chicago, a town called Kankakee. Um, yeah, from there, I grew up in. Uh, I I my first music stuff was piano lessons, and then um, I did the band playing percussion. I think starting at was it fifth grade or something at 10 and did oh, yeah would triangle <laughs> yeah triangle snare drum <laughs> rocking the triangle yeah. and the snare drum that's good that's yeah. good and then uh you know got into playing drum set and um you know did that in high school played in like rock bands and stuff and then um what was your first band oh what was it called i can't remember what it was called something horrible i don't know i was in like uh i was uh a very involved with Christian music when I was in high school. Well, so um, so was I. Oh, cool. Uh, so I was. I went to like. Did you go to, like Cornerstone and stuff? I played oh. at Cornerstone. Did in you? Awesome. That's amazing. What was your band? Did it was you called play? Push Start Wagon. I can't remember what our band. It was, uh, what band was that? <laughs> Solomon's Porch. Something. <laughs> something really cheesy. That was yeah. That was a big part of my That's uh, okay. musical like adolescence or not. I guess yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Youth. Where was your first exposure to music, or what was it that drew you to music, maybe as a kid? I don't know. There was not not a, wasn't a ton of music in my house, and my my parents, neither of them are artists or musical in any way. I consider them to be creative people, though. They're always like my dad's is like very entrepreneurial, and like he would always always building things, but not artists in that way. And they really like had very conservative tastes and everything <laughs> and i i mean like like the music i was listening to growing up was like the carpenters and red <laughs> which i still love I, I can listen to carpenters anytime i love the carpenters so i i mean that's kind of 
I don't know. I, I feel like I always was attracted to music, but I never really got any encouragement to, like, I guess I took piano lessons, and I don't remember if my parents pushed me towards that. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird, because I started playing drums, and I was really How did you get drums. into it? So when did you, like, did some teacher just well, grab you and know say, what? hey, you need to be in band? Like, they have overfull no, in the art class, and my, threw you in the, <laughs> into the band class? Yeah. Well, I mean, my dad did have a drum set, and he kind of played. He would play, like, Wipeout. Like, that's the only thing he would play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so I think that's why I play drums, because I saw my dad doing it. I don't, yeah, it was weird. I, there was never, like, I don't necessarily resent this, but I always think it's weird that, like, my ne my parents, there was never a point where they were like, um, you're really into music, you should take lessons and take this seriously. Right. And I kind of regret, and, and, uh, this is a long, I won't get into it, but I, I do <laughs> regret that uh, I was never pushed more to, like, take drum lessons like I took drum lessons like when I got to college which is like too late you're already like right. but um anyways I don't know if that answers your question no 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 but yeah, um yeah. that's kind of I don't know how I got into music I kind of just I think I saw my kind dad playing drums and yeah and I just always liked I think I had an ear for music like when I sat down at a piano I would always start just playing my own melodies and stuff and um I'm not a great musician at all but I think I have ah. an appetite for music, and I right. think that's I'd say that about for a composed <laughs> for a composer. That's the most important thing is being interested in all this different stuff and having the curiosity to dissect it and then figure out how to do your own version of it. Sometimes too much training and technical ability as a musician can be a liability. Um, and I think if one, maybe one asset I have is that I'm a kind of a jack of all trades and a master of none. Or you, if I play guitar for you, you'd be like, all right, all right you can stop playing guitar. Okay, there's a couple riffs on there where I was like, well, I might like, have, like, there's like a, oh, like I probably hired kind of a guitarist. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> I was like, that's such a killer yeah. metal riff. I like, no, I can never play that. No, if there needs to be a killer uh, guitar funny. solo, that's one thing, like you bring all the, the great composers. <laughs> Like, Hans Zimmer doesn't play all the violin parts, you know? Right, like, right. <laughs> but he, like, writes them, or does he have people come up with them? It depends on what it is. Like, uh, a lot of those guys, you know, if those guys need a guitar solo, they'll bring in a guitarist. They won't write this guitar solo. You know, and They'll let someone do their thing. Yeah, or, right. you know, yeah, or they'll bring in a percussionist to come up with parts. So A lot of stuff they will write, some stuff, you know, it just depends on what it is. Guitar solo is a great example of something where it's not necessary for you to write it out. Like, it's better to have someone who's good at that idiom just do their thing you know yeah. um it won't it's not beneficial yeah like dictating to them what they should be doing totally like defeats the purpose of bringing someone like that in you right know? so occasionally i'll bring in a guitar player for something special but there's usually just no time because the turnaround for this kind of work is so fast it's, yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 so when did you start writing songs like how did you get into songwriting because i know like being a drummer mm -hmm. there's a you know drummers are sometimes given the yeah i mean <laughs> i don't know i think i was maybe a little jealous like being in high school and I'm, I don't know actually I don't know when that switch was like at some point in college I think I picked up a guitar and was like oh I can write songs and started just doing it um and writing horrible songs and playing in coffee shops or whatever but um I don't remember I think I was like 19 and I got a guitar and I don't remember why girl no it wasn't it wasn't <laughs> was it was more just, just like just creative to pick it up just be creative yeah it was just like a creative impulse and i had like i got like a borrowed a four track recorder and started making stuff and it it kind of that i don't know where it came from but it kind of coincided with me like i went to college to be a drummer and a percussionist and had a terrible experience it's like you know you go i went from being like you know, the best drummer in my, like, tiny <laughs> high school. It was like, oh, yeah, I'll go to college. And obviously you get to college and you're the worst one because, like, <laughs> Cause 
Yeah, like, and you came here to California, or did no? You... This was in uh, University of Denver. Got it. Um, so I'm not even a big market, and I'm not, you know, like. <laughs> right. But uh, after a couple years of really struggling and like being defeated, um, I was like, I, I was a pretty good drummer. I had some chops, but it was like, I'm not going to be a jazz drummer. Like, I'm not going to be a professional jazz drummer. There's no way I can make a living doing this or have like success on any real level. Like, I don't want to. Um, you know, why am I here? Like, I, I need to find something else that's mine. Yeah, I just started. Um, getting really into like 20th century composition and like experimental music and just like voraciously listening and reading and that kind of led me into composition and I kind of re yeah got so rid of the drumming thing. you switched majors so you totally dropped drumming? Yeah, it was it was this like huge life altering thing where I was like I'm not going to be a drummer and I sold my drums like <laughs> which was huge it's like my like parents were furious. Bridge, yeah, jumping, it was that I was like parachute. I was like <laughs> no drum I'm not going to play drums ever. It was literally like I don't want to see a drum set, you know. And it was horrible because I was in school to play drums so I sometimes I still did and it was just like Brad like just get your stuff together. Like at least try to play. I was like I don't I'm not a drummer anymore. It's not what I do. <laughs> So, anyways, I got that's how I kind of got into com composition by failing at being a drummer. That's that's awesome, though. <laughs> but I mean, that's how things happen. You know, yeah. you realize uh, that's for me. So you were drumming, but then mm -hmm. you're like, that's not it. I can't just do that. Yeah. Then you got into guitar. Then you started hearing the, the yeah. these composers. I mean, that's this is this is like the crux of like my life. Like failing was this is so sounds so cheesy. Like like failing was like my road to success. It was like it's so weird. Like. I, I feel bad when I say this, but I always think, like, I think about the guys who were in my music program who were amazing. Like, they were incredible players. They, like, went to New York to be jazz guys. And I see them struggling. Like, it's really hard to be, like, a professional jazz musician or a studio musician. Yeah. It's really hard. And and these guys are incredible mu musicians. Like, just amazing. I'm nowhere close to that. Well, but, I would say it's really hard to be a... Sure. Do what, you a do, do what you're doing. Yeah. I think it's just, like, <laughs> doing it a lot. You get fast. But I, I think, like, the reason I was able to succeed is, like, I, d I don't have, like, that skill set of being a great musician to rely on. So I, like, to me, music is about, like, finding all these different colors and putting them together and doing trying to find my way into it because I can't get into it by being a great musician. So I, like, think about it in terms of, like, you know, what's a different combination of sounds that people haven't done? And I think, like... Um, I mean, to me, that's the reason I have, like, maybe if I do have a unique voice, that's the reason why. Because, like, a lot of times there are composers and stuff who have been traditionally trained and you get trapped in that technique. Mm -hmm. This is my dumb theory that I always say. It's a good thing. But I think, I like, I kind of think the technique can be, like, yeah, it could be like a cage sometimes. And I kind of think if I have a voice of my own, that's where it comes from. From, like, having failed at all this other stuff and I'm, like, just... I have like I don't know how to do anything else. I have to use I have to make a living making music. So I'm just gonna find my way way in there by like doing it my clumsy dumb way. So do you find limitations are actually useful I think in creativity? So. Yeah, it's a whole punk rock thing. Like you, you can make something out of anything. Like you just have to really want to make something, you know. And like don't let like your lack of technique. I felt like the first day I bought a guitar, like I didn't know how to play guitar, but I wrote a song. You know what I mean? Mm. It, it's like, like to no, me, that's not everybody. That's not yeah, well, for sure. That's yeah. not everybody. I think it's because, well, it's because that's what I wanted to do. Like, I didn't right. want to learn how to play Beatles songs. I wanted to write songs. So that I took two notes and wrote a song. You know, like I guess it was just what my priorities were. But uh, like, I never, I, I still can't play a, so a song on the guitar. I couldn't play one of my songs. I can't remember them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Let I alone do. play I totally like a get it. Velvet Underground song, which I wish I could play all the Velvet Underground songs, but. 
it was more important to me to like use the guitar as a tool for a creative expression. And the, and the other thing is totally fine, like learning to play guitar, you'll end up in a different place if you learn to play a bunch of Beatles songs. So where did you end up next? You were at the University of Denver, you got a degree. I got through the University of Denver with like a jazz composition degree, and then I went to this place called CalArts, California. Indicate air quotes for jazz <laughs> composition degree. <laughs> yeah. And I went to California Institute of the Arts, which is up in Valencia. Which I don't know if you're familiar with that school. It's kind of this famous art school where like all the people from Pixar came out of there. Oh yeah, did yeah. you tell? Is this where Paul Rubens? Yes. Okay. Oh yeah. I heard oh, yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. like, oh my He's gosh, like it head sounds of like a student count something. That is the yeah, most insane thing I've ever heard. Yeah, Paul uh, Rubens, I, Tim Burton went there, and like just kind of legendary school. Like some very famous like experimental composers like Morton Sabotnik, James Tenney teach there. Uh, so I went there. I kind of got in for a master's degree by the skin of my teeth, like have, having just started composing really, but I think it was kind of clear that I was like on a different wavelength than most composition students. Like I had these weird tape pieces and just these weird scores that were like games. Um, and I just really fit in there. And that was the first time, like, like I went from a school where I was like the guy, like just like, oh my God, this is good. you know, like to like, oh, you're like check out Brad's music, That's but like mean. it was like finally getting some validation that like uh, and and some confidence that like okay I'm doing the right thing you know yeah. I'm not just a, a weirdo like this has some value not market value but you know like uh, <laughs> yeah as determined by the market yeah right? yeah so I just but and actually one reason I went to CalArts was I knew I could avoid musicians <laughs> I knew if I went to school there I could hang out with like film students and art students because. I knew, like, all the bands and musicians I like, like Devo and um, Talking Heads, the guys in those bands were art students. And yeah. it, it's my same philosophy, like, I like musician music made by creative people, not by great yeah. musicians. I mean, but most of the music that really inspired me was by people, creative people just who decided to make music. So, like, that was kind of my thing. I was like, I'm going to go to CalArts, I'm going to learn about film and art, you know, I'm going to read about Robert Smithson and stuff, and then I'm going to, like, just make my weirdo music. And I didn't really do any composition to picture or anything there. I did one thing, which was my wife's film, actually. Oh, cool. But, um, That's where you, is that where you met? Yeah. Um, so then, yeah, I went there. I did. It was basically, in one in an uncertain way, a waste of time. I like didn't. I wasn't productive at all. I just I sat around like writing weird computer code to make music and like do weird made weird sound collage and stuff, which was great, but didn't really uh, learn anything. <laughs> And then, so I met one of the guys from the Meishi at CalArts, um, and um, Ezra Bukla is his name. His dad is Don Bukla, who's this like, famous synthesizer designer. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, um, so I got in Meishi through him, and one of the other guys in the band was working for a famous producer, um, John King of the Dust Brothers. Do you remember? Oh, yeah, yeah. He did like, Beastie oh, yeah. Boys and Beck and stuff, and he was an assistant, and went out of that job and gave it to me. And that's kind of like working for him. I was just, you know, an assistant. It was like the classic Hollywood, like, get pooped get on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, sweep this, go get the coffee, yeah, but come I, back, set up a microphone. Yeah, but start, you know, I learned a little bit about engineering there and I started, you know, doing writing for him. Like we did, remember the, the Tenacious D movie? Yeah. Like Take he was hired as one of the composers on that. And he's not a composer. So I got to do a lot of scoring for that. There's another real composer he brought in, but I got to do like you know quite a few cues on that. So oh, like just like the incidental music. Yeah, I like the score. Uh -huh. Oh, that's yeah. cool. Which was amazing. You know, we recorded with this big Hollywood orchestra, and um, 
I did some commercials when I worked for him. So do you TV write the, the notes and everything? Like, do you no, do, like, that kind of thing? Or do you just play it and then have a, like, have a... Yeah, you give it to an orchestrator. You give, like, your MIDI stuff to an orchestrator, and they, and that's how it works for almost every Hollywood film composer, because it's not, not time, you know? Right. Um, but, yeah, so that that's kind of how I got into film music. I mean, um, doing that, my wife, through my wife, because um, she was in the animation program at CalArts, she had a friend doing a short film at Nickelodeon, and she hired me to score that. And through that, I got opportunity. And what was that? Um, what was it called? One was called Victor. One was called Two Witch Sisters. They were just shorts. But through that, I was able to, like, just through enthusiasm and, like, bugging people, I got the opportunity to pitch for a theme song and then for this, the composer job for a show called Fanboy and Chum Chum, uh -huh, which is... Yeah. Um, Love that theme. <laughs> Thanks. Is that the Maisie <coughs> playing? I said, it said <coughs> something. Say, oh, that's weird because it said yeah, like it's I've seen credited. A, yeah, that was like okay. when I was still doing Maisie. So, I was so like, it was can you credit like, as Maisie so Maisie will get famous? Which is like, no, <laughs> doesn't work like that. Is that Whatever. your voice? All the voices? Mm -hmm. oh, did you pitch them or did you just? No, that's like, how I sound. I sound I really annoying. I love that. I just, I was <laughs> just like, I just. <laughs> I just love that so much. It makes my heart happy. Um, but that's that's how I kind of got into animation. So from there, you know. Yeah. If, oh, well, I was gonna. The last thing I was gonna say about Meishi. I mean, you guys, just for the just for the band guys out there mm -hmm. listening, you know, Pitchfork. I saw the rate. I saw a score, oh, yeah. and I was like, eight point one at Pitchfork is like. Oh yeah. That's like. Oh. Yeah. It was, that was very <laughs> gratifying. Did you guys freak out? Yeah. That was like. Well, our, our first couple records did not get eight point one. Uh -huh. One. I didn't like see the other ones. Six so. or something. And I'm I'm actually just as proud of those early ones, but they're very experimental and like. We were on it just doing, we did not care. We were not trying to like... Right, you're not trying to impress them. We were just doing weird stuff. And I'm really proud of those records. They're more like compositional. But um, but yeah, that one, we had like lost our... Ezra left the band and for that album, that uh, it's called Hell Yeah or Hallelujah, however you want to say it. I saw that. Was right. like, I was wondering with the extra L, I was, yeah. <laughs> I was like, it could go either way. <laughs> so we kind of, that was a big like, you know, we lost our singer and we have to figure out what to do, so... I started singing on stuff and writing. I never really... We co-wrote some stuff just by jamming, but that was the first time I actually like sat down and wrote a song. It's like Run to Your Grave was the first song for that album. And I I was like, I'm just going to write a song. And I wrote that song, and that was kind of what kicked off the album. Oh, man. And then, yeah, I, that was really... Thank you. It was, that <laughs> was a good song. really exciting. And it kind of felt like... The band did start to take off. We got like a crazy fancy like Hollywood big manager and at one point we had meetings with like Interscope and all this stuff which is like didn't make any sense. Like you've heard that band they're not going to be on the radio. But um anyway, that was exciting. It but then been, well, kind of just well, what year out. was that? Was that 2008 I think. We had like one like huge uh like sync license for a commercial in the UK, but it was like one of those things where like oh my goodness, Samsung wants to use their song. For one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, yeah, we're all rich. And then by the time everyone gets Buy their limos, cut, but yeah, by the time everyone gets their cut, you get like seven grand each or something, which is crazy. Which is great. Which is great. But right. like, it was one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. It's hard when you hear that. Yeah. I mean, how did you? Okay, so you were you did your composing. You did some shorts. So, but so how was it composing for film and for something like The Pick of Destiny? For me, like doing a Hollywood movie, you know, and I had never, I'd done a little bit of music to picture, but at that point, um, this is before I did anything, the Nickelodeon stuff. So, um, yeah, that was a big deal. But anyways. Then where did you go from I there? Did, what was the next? So like kind of right after that, um, 
that guy I worked for was very generous in his way, but it was a horrible, I don't know, I think I just had <clears throat> higher expectations. Unreal, like, unrealistic, unrealistic expectations. expectations for what I deserved at that point in my life. <laughs> and I was like, I gotta get out of here, you know, I need to be doing stuff myself. But anyways, I a friend recommended me to this company called Mophonics, which is like a sync house, um, uh, like a jingle house. Like they make music for commercials and... Yeah, I did some demos for them and ended up winning one, and they hired me as a composer, like an in-house. But yeah, so I did that for a few years, which was great. Like, I ended up doing, like, an Apple commercial, which was a huge deal. Oh, like, yeah. one of the first MacBook Air, which is really exciting, and, like, Google, and, like, I had some really good spots. Um, but uh, that just wasn't... I don't know. It's really hard to make a living, a good living, in doing that stuff. You have to grind really hard. You're constantly mm -hmm. doing stuff. Like, the culture of advertising music, I really did not click with. Like, the way, like, the executives talk to you, I just hated it. I, I understand why people like it, and I think it's great. It's not for me. <laughs> like, uh -huh. um, but I did that for a while, and it was good. It was good for my chops. You know, I had to learn to write fast. Um, I had to write all kinds of different stuff. Um, and, you know, I was making a living, so I can't complain, but it wasn't for me. So, yeah, and then right after... Doing that, I got my Nick first Nickelodeon show, and from then on, it's been. Yeah. And what was the first one? Fanboy and Chum Chum. Fanboy and Chum Chum. Yeah. Okay, okay, which brings us back around to that. Yeah. The, the uh, and that was when you stopped playing with Meishi. Yeah, uh, it was had about. Had you already stopped at that point? It, it was, was about of, like when I started working for Mophonics around. Like I hated touring. I hate touring because I I'll get like social anxiety and. Like, I just, I like to be at home, you know, I like to have time by myself, <laughs> I like to be with my wife and my dogs, and like, uh, not like in Kansas in a weird, like, club for 10 people, like, I could not, I mean, you, you it know. Little, it gets yeah. a little, really fast. <laughs> I was already like, um, you know, 30 or whatever, and it was like, yeah, I need to do something else, and uh, yeah, so I kind of, I they went and toured and sang all the songs, like, we hired, or got a couple new guys, and um yeah, they did. They did some awesome touring. Like they went to Iceland and did all this amazing stuff. And I was like, I'm happy to be at, at home. I'd love to go to Iceland, but I'm much happier being at home. That's so cool. yeah, it's, you know, Ezra, our original singer, would come back and sing shows sometimes for fun. And like, we still like occasionally talk about like let's do another thing. And I probably someday we will. You know, like everybody. Right. You like it's anyone. like you haven't burned the bridges. It's just no, like you explode. It's no. like and anyone it's, could like, like if Jeff our guitarist wanted to go make a Macy record, we'd all be like, "Cool, man, do it!" Like you know, there wouldn't be no like weirdness. It'd just be like you awesome. have to sign <laughs> off the rides. Yeah, <laughs> and we shared everything. We we used consensus building to make all of our decisions. Like, uh, um, yeah, and we it, that it was kind of like we Tim our our bassist too. I think is a brilliant guy. He's an, a lawyer now, but he. His philosophy was, let's use this band as, like, a self-improvement platform. Oh, like, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, like, let's learn. Let's use it to learn. If we don't, I want to learn how to make T-shirts. Let's do it for our band. You know, I want to learn how to record an album. So we did everything ourselves, you know, um, which, which is cool and it was great at the time. In retrospect, it's necessarily... I, I have, like, I have issues with DIY as, like, an absolutist, like, philosophy. <laughs> um, it yeah. was a great experience. We learned a lot. So, <laughs> going in, okay, so this is where, I mean, people that are listening and or watching the, are definitely want to know about Gravity Falls. Sure. And um, kind of what, you know, brought you there. How did you get your first gig for Gravity Falls? What brought you into the Gravity Falls family? <laughs> well, I, from, when I got that Nickelodeon job, I got a manager who, um, he kind so of managers for composers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he kind of got me connected at Disney and got me in the door to pitch like 
for the theme song for Gravity Falls, and then also Randy Cunningham, Ninth Grade Ninja. So, like, I pitched some songs for both of those shows. Um, I didn't win the Gravity Falls one. Like, they just, you know, whatever, they were, you know, like, sorry, we're not going to use yours. Um, and I did win the Randy Cunningham one. And then I think it was, like, a couple weeks or a month later, they came back and they were like, you know, we, we haven't found a song, but Alex and Michael Rianda, who is, like, one of the creative, like, Alex's kind of creative partner when they're getting it off the ground, they liked this song. It was on my, uh, it was on my website from... Oh, I did this other show called Awkward at MTV, which right, I had been right, right. doing, like, um, I think 2009 or 10 is when I started doing that. Anyways, um, they liked the song that I'd written for Awkward, and can we have it? And I was like, no, MTV, you know, Viacom owns that, sorry. <laughs> but, um, so we, they're like, well, can you make something with the same kind of spirit? So, um, yeah, so we kind of, I made a new thing that had some of those same elements and had kind yeah. of the same spirit. Um, yeah, I, I think I made like 20 things or something, a bunch of them. No, it was like six or seven things and then like 20 iterations of the one that you found. So there's a lot heard. of work that went into yeah. creating. I mean, it, it is a well-crafted yeah. piece of music, man. I, I played in my classroom <laughs> all humming and singing along. <laughs> awesome. I mean, they just instantly perk up and they're <laughs> That's like... That's awesome. It, yeah. was, it was like, you know, <laughs> I wish awesome. you could have seen it because it was like, That would have been great to see. It was a beautiful moment. I'm like... <laughs> Okay, so this is the guy I've gone to talk to. Oh, that's no awesome. way! <laughs> um, when you write music for the show, do you get do you get a completed episode with special effects, or are you just given log lines and emotions? No, like, you usually um, for animation. You're uh, for the work that I've done, and I've, I've you know I've worked for actually pretty much everybody now. Um, you get usually it's either a locked, it's like a final picture. All the animation is in there. Um, sometimes, like, it's not a locked picture. Like, sometimes the edit isn't completely done. Like, I might need to move stuff a little bit, um, which is a pain in the butt, because then you yeah, have to move your, your music. music has yeah. To move, yeah, But mostly, like, 90% of the time, it's locked picture, and you're just composing. You're seeing what everybody else is going to see. Sometimes there's little pieces of animation that aren't done, and you might have an animatic, which is just, like, Right, so you can see where it's, there's going to be something, right. here, like a little placeholder. Mm -hmm. But mostly it's, like, um, you get everything. Like, um... But I'm also like I'm like I'm doing some demos for a new show now, and I'm just working to uh, an animatic, which is difficult. But yeah, so usually I'll just have like here's the Voltron episode. You know, this is what it's gonna look like. You know, it's gonna look beautiful. Yeah, it's um, totally awesome. So yeah, you have everything there. They usually have temporary. The, the dialogue is mostly there. Sometimes they re-record stuff. So sometimes there's like you know you hear Alex doing someone else's voice, like Dipper's voice, because they haven't finalized it, or. Yeah, and then you have temporary sound effects on a separate channel, and you have temp music, which is usually... So when the editors um, and directors make their animatic, they put in temporary music, which can come from anywhere, like, you know, a John Williams score, you know, like a song from whatever, you know, whoever, it's just whatever music to get right, the mood across. Right, just to get, so that it has that emotion. Yeah. It would be on the same radio station Exactly. As. When you have your session, I'm like looking mm -hmm. at the set, so I've described this to everybody. Um, you can see this. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. No, I don't, I don't want to get anybody in trouble. Yeah, because this, this has an air, this show is not even. So we're looking at a Pro Tools session, and you have the entire show across the top, mm -hmm. and then so you actually compose all the music like all in one session like you don't do separate Some, bites and separate sessions uh, it depends like all uh, I split it up as needed like if I need to do a tempo change like I need to go back and make a tempo change sometimes I'll make a new session it just depends 
on yeah. the show. But and this this show is unique. It's different than um, the other ones I mentioned because I don't. They don't have any temp music or sound effects in the show, which um, is good. And it's uh, it's harder in a way because you know, like there's nothing to you know, like you, it's tell all you. So yeah, you, tell you what, what how do want. you know? We we go we watch. Or are they just trying show. to hear something? And go, oh, I like that. We watch the whole <laughs> show together and um, with the showrunners, and they we just they just say like, oh, you know, this is bad. Uh, do something happy. Yeah, do something exciting. Like, or they tell us, you know, just what the intention of the scene is. We make little notes. Like, here are my notes for this episode. Um, and you know, it says like, slow down, Patty here. Like, impact. They're just like these really loose notes. It's mostly just for me to keep track of what's going on. And if they have anything specific, like, you know, specific adjectives, I'll write them down. Mystery, espionage, you know, whatever. Just rough notes. And it's more just, like, to keep for me to keep track of the work I've done. Like, um, it helps me mentally. And, but, yeah, so we'll watch together I get to get a sense of what they want. And then, um, yeah, you're right. Like, in, and this show has a very specific palette. It's, like, 80s synth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like um, the, like those, like uh, kind of like gosh, the original. Was, yeah, but it's very specific, and um, but yeah, I, I've like after you've done a couple episodes, like this show, we got really lucky with, and we kind of like nailed it right away. Like um, we kind of like right away we figured out the sound and we figured out how to do it, which is great. Like some shows, it takes a few episodes to figure out what. Your palette so you're gonna stuff. have it like set before you start, so it's not gonna get. It it, it wouldn't change too much. From yeah, sometimes it changes a little bit, but um, like that's the I feel like that's the big thing with doing this kind of stuff, or, or like doing films is like finding a unique palette is like the most important thing when you start a show like this, like or for Gravity Falls, like when we started Gravity Falls, it's like oh, to me you spend a couple days like just finding sounds and that are going to be specific to the show that are going to make it unique and sound like nothing else. Did so, the theme song inform that? Yeah, for Gravity Falls, definitely. And usually it does. Like, usually the, uh, some of those elements, you'll pull elements from the theme song um, or just, like, the vibe of the theme song. Um, Gravity Falls, like, I think there's just some, like, kind of the arpeggio stuff I do a lot, and there's, like, a slight 8-bit eight eight -bit thing that kind of we would do, but kind of went away. And then, um, yeah, just kind of the feel of the, that song but um yeah so that's like it's to me it's always like find a few elements that are really specific to that show for this show everything it was like they didn't really want orchestral sounds too much so you really I want just to made, put it into the 80s yeah like, give you so, that feel like yeah. 80s cartoon anime stuff. right so i just made a big template full of like you know um you know just like synth pads and <sighs> Uh, what's going on <laughs> My system will not run that many. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it will oh, yeah, not run that many. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that not many uh, virtual instruments at yeah. once. It would have already said. <laughs> I'm sorry. What are you? Uh, you know, just uh, yeah. synth sounds. Um, and I'm using, you know, I use. What's your processing? What's your? Uh, um, oh, it's a, what's powering is, everything. This is a Mac Pro. It's like the garbage one. Looks like a garbage can. You oh know, yeah, it's a six core <laughs> thing. It's kind of it's pretty beefy. In your interface, um, I use the this Antelope Orion as my digital to my converter. I'll just show this. Mm. Which is your convert? Oh, the Orion. Okay. Yeah, this is like thirty-two channels, and 
and I have like these are mic pre's. This is a guitar thing. Um, these like synths go into this. Um, yeah, and that's like my main mic pre for doing vocals and stuff. And uh, yeah, all the synths run into they run into mixers and then into that and then. Um, but yeah, so this one we built like from the ground up kind of a new template we let and I still have some orchestral elements but they are kind of just supporting the synth stuff um, but yeah so Gravity Falls I found like <coughs> like acoustic guitar happens a lot in Gravity Falls there's this like one I mean I can open the session there's like yeah, uh, open give this some... takes a minute to load it up yeah I can yeah. only imagine um, <laughs> with that many yeah. mine takes a minute to open do you use a are you using an SD uh, yeah using a... solid state drives a bunch of I have because we have a crazy amount of uh, sample libraries, you know. Yeah, I can I can just only imagine. What's your uh, What's your string like, library that you like, or do you have a bunch and you use different ones for different strings? Like? Yeah, I have I have pretty much everything out there, just because that's part of so the much job. stuff. Yeah, and like uh, I kind of find you kind of make get your own. I'm not a great orchestral writer or like synthestrator you know like for me i like you know to use a bunch of different ones and i feel like the combination of those different libraries kind of gives you your own unique yeah, sound right. instead of just using like east west and <clears throat> yeah just using this sound yeah. or this patch you right but i use you know i use symphobia i use la scoring strings and a lot of the spitfire stuff what's playing oh yeah. i was listening to what was i listening to where is that coming from there's a tag oh, somewhere. Yeah. DuckTales. Like for a reason. <laughs> awesome. Because I'm trying to get the job on the new DuckTales show. That would be awesome. Um, Who's doing... Is that... Disney's doing that. Yeah, yeah. And I'm doing that with another composer as well. We're kind of doing it as a team. But like, yeah, so... I can't I use, believe you don't have three screens. I'm a little disappointed. I actually don't like that. I would like expect that. a composer of <laughs> your <laughs> magnitude I'm not, to have I'm four or five screens <laughs> at least. Like, You've seen like Kong Zimmer so Studio, over right? Here. Uh -uh. <laughs> no, crazy. it's crazy. I, I actually don't like that. I, to me, it's just, I guess, get a headache. I like to look, just look forward. That's probably, that's probably good. It's probably a good thing. Let's see. Is there a specific episode you want me to open? Well, um, okay, so I definitely, someone had a specific question about um, Weird Mageddon, which is just, mm. I love the trippy, backward, everything of oh. that episode. So someone has, a, I'll get to that one. Oh, but sure. I don't, any of, maybe one of the last ones, A Tale of Two Stands, oh, maybe, yeah. or I know you had, one. that was like a really, I've heard you talk about that one being that, pretty special. Oh, you know what, the one I always Which is the one that you talk about is, uh, not what he said. Oh, yeah, 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 that's the one. Let me not see if it looks. I like, these sessions are so big, because when, as oh, like Gravity Falls. So I'm looking, stories. just so you can see what I'm, everyone understand, that there are like, just hundreds of. Are these all different versions of yeah. it? Like, or so are like, they variations of the mix? Like, as you go, do you do that as you progress through? Yeah, like, you us, save, like... Yeah, I'll start... Here's so the like where I is, was. Yeah, like, this is, like, you know, this is the first one, and then I went and Alex gave me notes, and that's the second one, and then he gave me more notes, and I did the third one. Um, usually, I... Disney is great in that they kind of protect their composers from the showrunners mm -hmm. where you only get like... That is good. Can I only, take... Is it okay oh, if I show this? Yeah, it's totally this, fine. I love it. nothing I mean, secret in there. This is what the uh, in folder looks like here in his Pro Tools and you've got all the sessions and you can see sort of the naming convention that he's got going on. 
there's a lot of iterations that take place yeah. when you're building a show like this. It's funny. I haven't opened these in a month, so who knows? <laughs> who knows what's going on yeah. in here? This could be interesting. I know plugins change. Yeah. And um, it should be open. Hopefully, hopefully it'll run the session. But yeah, I mean, it, it, one cool thing about Disney is like they they usually only let the showrunners give you like one round of notes, which is kind of a bummer for them. But because you have to keep moving. Um, you know, and get the stuff done. They're not allowed to right. just keep giving you notes. Right. But on the last few Gravity Falls episodes, because that show is kind of so special and like mm. big, like, that's something you, you agree know. to as part of the. You oh say, yeah, hey, look, I, I never say I'm, no. I'm, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm totally I'm, fine with doing this because right. we want to get this right. Or yeah, whatever. and I'm such a pushover. Like I <laughs> never complain. I'm just like, yeah, whatever you need. And and I think that's one reason I keep working too. Is I'm just like you know whatever someone wants, I'm gonna to do it I'm you think that's pretty important about. to be successful in the industry like just I, I mean yeah I mean uh, with doing this kind of stuff you know your music is in service of their vision you know this is not about your music mm -hmm. so if you're not uh, willing to make changes to the music and you know like you have to just say yes like you can't I when I first started I think I would sometimes try to like argue my case. I don't do that anymore. I never say like, yeah, but this is what I was trying to do. Like, it's not working for them. Just write it again. You know, right, like, the whole point you're is just you're... wasting your time and like creating friction. Right. So like you have to be, everything has to be disposable. I, I, I don't get stressed out about notes anymore. It's just like, yeah, I know I'm going to get notes. I know I'm going to have to spend, like I, I know for each show, um, based on working with them, how many notes they're probably going to give me and how many days that's going to take. And I budget for that in, with my time. Like, I knew Gravity Falls, Alex would give me a ton of notes. He always did because he's very specific about what he wanted, like, especially emotionally, out of a scene. Yeah. And, um, like, this is going to take a while because these sessions are crazy. <laughs> but um, it might take, like, 10 to 15 minutes. But um, hopefully it'll How work. many tracks... Do you have? I mean, there's probably like 700 tracks or something like oh. that. <laughs> because you have like different sets of palette, almost like here's yeah. the here's the, the Mabel theme palette, yeah, and kind here's of. the Dipper right. theme palette, and, the, and, and there's just so many. Most of it is just there's. <laughs> most of it's just because there's so many orchestral instruments. Yeah. You know, to create right. a, a convincing orchestral sound, you need all this uh, stuff. You can be, you. <laughs> it's a very convincing orchestral no, sound. It's so, so cool, and it does. I, I mean. <laughs> It really serves the picture. It really serves, like, and I, um, well, I'll, I'm going to ask you a few questions while it's opening because sure. I have some people with questions. So, Teresa C. asks, mm -hmm. did you do goofy things on the set to release stress? Uh. <laughs> she also asked, <laughs> did you speak to any, did you, did anyone on the GF team help you? Now, I know that you probably weren't on the set. There no, was no there, set. There is no set. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, um, no, I, yeah, I, I'm not involved, you know, I'm not around for when they write the stuff or make it. Like when, by the time they get to me, it's done. You know what I mean? It's like all been written and it's animated. So um, I'm like kind of the last step in the process. Like m me and the guys who do the sound effects, which is a separate job. And um, then they mix it. So it's basically done when I get to it. Um, yeah. And no, there's not really any help. Like the only, intera like, the only interaction from the team is like... Uh, uh, Alex will, you know, tell me what he wants or mm -hmm. um, give me notes on what I've done. Sometimes a lot of song lyrics. Most of the time, the showrunner will write the song lyrics okay. for this so show bring, for, okay. for most shows. Um, some shows like, uh, so, and sometimes there are songs like where I'll write the lyrics. Um, like, Is there an example of one where trying you trying to think? Um, 
can't. I, I can't. I'm blanking on, on singing Gravity Falls. salmon stuffed animal that, tree. Goat and pig. Goat and pig. I actually didn't write that song. I just produced it. That's the one piece of music I didn't write, and I I love that's that song. Funny. It's, it's so the some like YouTube kid wrote that song. I can't remember. Oh, that's but, funny. Um, I love that song. All right, let me see if this is working. Training mix. Yeah, so it's working. Um, the training mix. Yeah, that was. I can't remember if I wrote the lyrics or Alex. Probably Alex. I, I Alex wrote mo He's he was very like specific about he wanted wanted for lyrics. And we bear bears. Um, the Daniel, the showrunner, writes most of the lyrics. I I love working with him on those songs. I feel like he writes these great lyrics. And um, they're so easy to turn free? into. Like, yeah, he's just, just like, well, there's usually a reference. like, And he's usually pretty specific about right. what he wants. I want whip it. But yeah. Like, okay, or like, out, but you know, yeah. these lyrics. Yeah. I could hear some where you completely, like, I know you're like, oh, I know what that song is. Right. And you changed it enough that, like, uh, it's a don't stop unbelieving. Oh, or right. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Yeah. So good. That's one where it's like <laughs> everybody's gonna know what this it, is copying, and we you, might get sued. <laughs> I, I was gonna, so does that where they they just say you go ahead and do it? We're, we'll cover this. It's or we'll really clear tricky. The rights, or no, they never clear the rights, which is really tricky. And I'm the one who's liable, which so, it's like puts me in a terrible position. Yeah. Often because like, and that's one really annoying thing about animation is like these guys always put in some song that they want to copy exactly. And then, like, Pickle and Peanut happens all the time. It drives me crazy. Like, they want, like, it was Mbop last week or something. It was like, and they had sung, like, they had sung their own lyrics over Mbop and then wanted me to recreate. I'm like, you guys, like, I have to write a new, this is not, this is going to be Mbop no matter what I do. Like, I need to write a different song. And they're like, oh, let's do it. So I did it, you know. And then, of course, they come back, like, they send it to a musicologist and they're like, you have to rewrite it. It's Mbop, obviously. I'm like, oh, just, so they have a, so, so they have someone. Yeah, there's that a person actually, in charge of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, and like where the line is. Do you yeah. have some protection? No, I don't. Places? That's the thing. It's like I'm the one responsible, which it's so unfair. Yeah, that's not <laughs> like, fair. <laughs> it doesn't make any that's sense. That's not fair. <laughs> it drives me nuts. But um, so usually I just have to be like, look, I have to, you know, I have to differentiate this. And I've never had any problems. Like, we always differentiate things enough. But Don't Stop Unbelieving was one example <laughs> oh of one God. that made me very nervous. Uh, I could hear you. I was a little nervous. I was like, yeah. that's really close. But they no. must be friends with Journey. No, yeah. <laughs> there's only one, there's one piece of music that was like, uh, they got whatever, a license for on Gravity Falls, which is a Dolly Parton song, where uh, they actually used a Dolly Parton okay. song. Yeah. I think it was like $40,000 for like 30 seconds. They Which really like, wanted that for that. I think it was... I don't know why he did that. Was that towards I, the end of the second season? No, it was in the first season somewhere. Uh, I can't remember what episode, but... Uh, yeah, I don't know. Whatever. If you hey, need a Dolly yeah, Parton if song... Yeah, you've got, <laughs> got the cash laying around, yeah. then you can... But usually they it. don't... Because they don't have big budgets for this stuff anymore. Like, you know, there's not a budget. You know, 20 years ago, they would have recorded a real orchestra, and the composer probably had a bigger budget because, you know, more... I think the market there is there is less of a you know disparate marketplace you know right. they they had more money to spend on that stuff um, and there wasn't the technology for someone to sit in a room like this by themselves and do it but yeah the budgets are not are uh, constrictive 
you know. <laughs> That's such a so. politic way to yeah. say that. <laughs> do you do goofy things to release stress? What do you do to release? Teresa really oh. wants to know. How do you deal with the stress? <laughs> I do. You know, I, I do CrossFit and I go rock climbing is what I do. Oh, awesome. Um, and I used to have a, a half pipe behind my studio at my old uh, house. Scary. And then, let's see, after we moved out of that, that house... I got a ping pong table with a ping pong robot, and I would do that. What? <laughs> There's a ping pong robot? Yeah, it's not as la lush as you think. <laughs> as you it, might imagine. A, anybody could get a ping pong robot. Um, I would do that. Like, yeah, but now I kind of just exercise. I like, yeah, I go to like Zumba. a rock climbing gym and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <Zumba>. <laughs> okay, so uh, one of the things, and we'll we'll look at this session too. Um, I love your silly songs. I <laughs> love them. Like, Thanks. and and so you're you were talking about this, and like Alex maybe wrote a lot of the lyrics mm -hmm. but boy your interpretation of those lyrics like <laughs> diggity dungeon singing salmon oh, right. stuffed animal tree <laughs> homework's whack the the boy band songs all oh, right um how did so do you do you guys riff back and forth are you like do you go in a room with alex and like you're like talking about it or does he say no nah, i want to i want you know i want uh, new kids on the block this song it's usually yeah it's just usually there's some temp music or he just has an idea, like uh, boy band songs. I can't remember if there was anything. There might have been temp music. I don't think so. Usually it's just, <clears throat> you know, they tell you what, what you want, and then you just go make it. I, I'm not the kind of, like, like you know, I, as I said, I don't have, like, a ton of facility on the piano or anything, so I don't, like, sit in a room and, like, whoa, what if it's like this, you know? Blah, 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 blah. Uh -huh. right, I don't right. do that. I just, like... <laughs> Give me instructions and I'll go home and do it. You know, like, like, it's gonna take me a while. I got a watershed. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, but you know, um, yeah. So usually it's just like this is what we want, and then I'll play it for him, and then he might give he'll give me feedback, which you know seems to. I know some composers, like I've heard other composers at Disney, you know, in there, like you know, playing the piano and stuff. I'm like, oh, I wish I could play really good. I, know. I was just gonna say that the the Dipper versus Manliness, the training mix. Oh yeah, slays fun. me. <laughs> the, that just uh, did you do all those vocals? Uh, that one, I think, um, I remember that like kind of song. There are like these tropes that recur, like every show, like, every show there's a boy band episode. Every show there is like a, a bunch of video game music you're going to have to do. Do you mean every show? Like every show that I've worked on. Okay. All right. Like, all right like, gotcha. Not like every you know, episode, like, man, they, I did they slipped them in and <laughs> no, yeah. gravity falls. I didn't like, I know whenever, every yeah, episode. I know whenever I start a show, there's going to be one episode that has, um, that song from Karate Kid over a training montage. <laughs> you know, like, that's what that was tempted into, that um, Dipper versus Manliness training thing. Yeah, yeah. So, like, it's something I've had to do, like, ten times. So, uh, and there are ones that I've done, like, I think we did one for, um, I don't know. I think there's one for Fanboy and Chum Chum probably that I sang on. But sometimes I sing that stuff. Sometimes it's better to get someone else. Or you, you temp know. it in and say, do you like this? Yeah, I always temp it in, and then, then I'll be like, well, you know, you can use my vocal or not. But um, it's great when you use your vocal because then you you get residuals. <laughs> and you, so that's how you, I get my health Do you not get, um, do you, so on the tech side, like, I mean, mm -hmm. what do you have, like, are you a member of ASCAP, BMI? Yeah, uh, and SAG and AFTRA for, that's for, like, the vocal performance stuff. So uh -huh. if it's singing or if it's like talking, if it's um, if it's well, spoken either word, one, either one, but oh, yeah, either one. But I, I mean, I don't do any characters or anything. I just sing on stuff. But so you have the same kind of union protection if you sing on something. So like for uh -huh. all the stuff on Gravity Falls, do you get a royalty? Yeah, and you get like the 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 royalty is nice, but the best part about it is you get the best insurance ever. So you get. <laughs> like, so where does the insurance come through? Is it it's through like Disney this, or no? It's this SAG AFTRA, like the union. It's through the union. You know, Disney pays residuals to. SAG and AFTRA, and then you you're L, you at a certain 
level of whatever, you get a certain amount of residuals, you're eligible for this health plan, which is just oh, how amazing cool. health plan. Well, yeah. you must have... It's a I godsend. Would, <laughs> I got to think that through Gravity Falls, I mean, like, this is like, I have friends who maybe they got one song on Breaking Bad, oh, you know, yeah. or one song on uh, the last season of, uh, oh gosh, uh, Breaking a uh, Big Bang Theory oh, or something. Yeah. Well, those... And like, those, well, like, yeah. even though they're just like little tiny things, like, you know, you yeah. can get... Yeah, well, payments for years and years yeah. and years and years. It is like it. kind of the primary source of my income, but the and I'm not complaining, but no. like Big Bang Theory <laughs> or whatever, like on those like a network show like ABC, Fox, CBS, yeah, the rate is way higher. Yeah, right. Like, um, but it's still good because you know they play these shows like four times a day, so it's yeah. like it's a very good job to get if you can. Get yeah, it. <laughs> totally. Um, I I was just, now this is something about the show I was. I was uh, I had a lot of kids. Um, here's a question a lot of kids ask, and I know you probably can't even answer this question. But why was so Sienna W asks mm -hmm. why was Gravity Falls canceled? Several oh. people asked this, and then Doctor V on YouTube asks, uh, "Will there be a new season of Gravity Falls? And if so, will there be a new theme?" Um, this is something Alex has talked about a lot. So I am not really the person to answer this question because I just write the music. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's finished because Alex's philosophy, I think, was that this is a story that will be told over two seasons and the story has run its course and the story is, you know, the story is ended. Right. So it's not quite I didn't think it was canceled either. I, <laughs> it I wasn't canceled. See, was my thought, and, I, and you maybe, you know, I think too many things are drug out. Yeah. And there, yeah. there was no plan. It's just because it's, it's profitable. I get it. It's yeah. like sequels or whatever. Yeah. But I was, like, pleasantly surprised that it was ending. Yeah. And it felt like... I thought it was very emotionally satisfying. I yeah, was oh, very yeah, totally. sad on that last yeah. episode. Like, I was like... <laughs> Me too. It's hard to work. Okay, okay. It's hard to work on those episodes. You have to watch them over and over again. Like Does it like, lose crying. impact when you're watching it? Or is it it doesn't. It, I could still watch... Like, that episode in those particular... Those actors are great. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's the scene is so well constructed. And you spend so much time in that world... And then you also, like, you know, when you have a kid, everything becomes emotional. Like, yeah. so, like, yeah. I can't watch those scenes without, like, <laughs> losing it. Yeah. But, um, yeah. But, no, that I mean, Disney, like, offered Alex some crazy amount of money to do more. Like, they wanted more really bad because it's, like, their most popular thing now. So, um, but, no. He, has, he has very he's high... He's got plans. And, and he just, he's just, like, you know, he has, like, very high level of artistic integrity. And he awesome. also cared about the fans. Like, he... He told me, he was like, why, I couldn't, um, you know, I can't do that to the fans. Like, I, I've told this story, and um, I've, like, look at, like, done this devastating thing to the fans by, like, you know, like, taking through this journey and ending it in this, like, amazing emotional way. Like, it'd be so crappy and cheap for me to, like, make another season, like, right. for money, you know. Right. Uh, I think he... That's awesome. He's, like, a real, he's a real artist. Which I think <laughs> yeah. makes... I think it makes the show more valuable. Oh, sure, yeah. I think it has more value because it's not disposable. It's not, right. you know, yeah. I, that that gets down to the art and creativity. And, like, yeah. I don't like I don't know how you feel about this, too. I mean, because I think there's people, like, when I got into composition, there's that feeling like you're kind of, you're selling yourself or whatever. Mm -hmm. But uh, to me, it's being creative and, and using my, yeah. my love for music and the fact that I'm getting paid for it. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm sorry you have a problem yeah, with me making, whole, like, trying to make a living. I know. The sellout thing that <sighs> was in, from the 90s is just such a load. Yeah. Like, Can't we have both? Yeah. And I Can think we it, have integrity yeah. and make music and get yeah. paid for it? I, and I think that like mindset is pretty much gone. I think everybody knows like this, it's so hard to make a living as like a band, especially now. Like People understand that you have to like sell your music. And uh, I don't know. I just always found that argument so annoying. Maybe I'm just... 
um, defensive because that's what I've chosen it to. No, right, or we're just justifying. <laughs> From Chad Edmondson, he says, "What inspired, um, what inspired you to create the music for Where Mageddon?" <coughs> um, I mean, it's basically just the show is inspiring you. You know, like because that's a radically different version of the song. Oh, the I theme mean, song. It, it's uh-huh. it's the, uh-huh. I can I recognize all the parts and some yeah. of it's just backward masked yeah. versions of it, but. It, yeah. You know. Well, Alex wanted, you know, he wanted, the idea was that Bill, you know, that character Bill, right. like the villain, had taken the theme song and remixed it and done his own version. So that was kind of the inspiration for that. It's just like, What if Bill crazy. had remixed yeah, the song exactly. in his total insane... Yeah. So we just, you know, like reversed everything and chopped it up and oh, man. made it all crazy. Was that hard to do? No, it was, it was fun. And he, like, that's one, ca- one thing that's, you just open up your stems, you know, I have all the pieces, not even MIDI, it's just stems, and just start chopping things, like, randomly, and reversing things, and just have fun with it, and then, like, added a couple of new sounds, but, um, yeah, that kind of thing's pretty fun, because you're just playing. I love the, like, there's mm-hmm. another version, too, it's, like, the guitar, oh, yeah. the guitar rock right, version. Right, that was fun, yeah. That's a really cool version, and I <laughs> that love That one actually those. was inspired by, some kid had done a remix like that on YouTube, like, oh, some yes. guitarist. And then Alex was like, just do your own version of this. Yeah, someone um, else asked, what was your, have you have, do you have a favorite remix of any of your uh, compositions? I think like, that one's pretty cool. That, uh, that one, um, I think someone did like a hip hop one. It was pretty cool. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's always really awesome to it's see. It's just kind of cool when people take yeah. art and do something. I yeah. think, you yeah, know. Yeah, it's exciting. Have you done your 10,000 hours yet? Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> have you put in your ten thousand hours of mastery? I think I must have at this point, but I don't think I'm uh, I'm master. I'm still trying to figure it out. But uh, I mean, it must. I mean, how many? It's been like you know, like eighty hours a week for six years or something. I like think you, pro- you probably hit ten thousand <laughs> yeah. hours. I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah, I, I read that. It was interesting that I I don't I heard you talk about that in another interview. <laughs> um, uh, what's your uh, favorite? Favorite band or music? You have some favorite stuff you'll to. I know you like modern composers, and I know you've mm-hmm. talked about that. What yeah, are, I don't what are your know. pop bands it's or hard for rock me bands to... that you like, or maybe you you said Carpenters. We've got Carpenters <laughs> is on the list. Um, I don't know. I always blank when someone gives me this question. I mean, are you listening to anything right I, now? You're always listening to. Yeah, stuff. I, I'm like I'm a huge pop music fan. Like, I like like. I love Britney Spears. Like, unironically, I think it's like masterfully constructed music. Um, you know, I also like Mel Banana, which is this weird experimental like punk band from Japan. I like, you know, you know, Zanakis, like weird, noisy European composers. Um, I'm trying to think. I I always like seriously. I cannot think. I'll have to look at my no, Spotify no. or something. It's, like, what am I? Uh, what is your current Spotify? Yes, give us your Spotify <laughs> last. 10 tracks I on Spotify or something. Yeah, I was listening to Haley Steinfeld for research, and I love it. Uh, I was listening to 1975 and not loving it, but whatever. Um, <laughs> I like this new band, Dance. D-N-C-E. <laughs> um, I don't know. I listen to... I listen so much. I'm really into... Like, I just recently, like, got a turntable again and started oh. listening that way because I felt like doing this, like, every day, like... And the past several years have been so busy. Like, I was working, like, 100 hours a week, like, for months and months on end. Like, I really got to the point where I couldn't even listen to music. Like, I almost never listen to music in the car now. I just listen to podcasts or something. Um, so I, I got a turntable because I thought maybe that's a good way to kind of reconnect with music, to have a more active listening thing. Um, so we did that, and I've... Mostly I buy, like, weird, like, old soundtracks and... Um, like weird folk records and like library music and stuff. Um, 
So I've been doing that, just, but it's mostly like just weird, rare stuff like Gamelon records or, you know, like Indonesian funk stuff. Like oh, wow. you know, like kind of, that's kind of stuff I really like. I kind of like the, the excesses. You know, I'm not really a fan of like the middle of the road, stuff. I like stuff on the fringes, like either the most poppy stuff or the most experimental. You know, that's good. It's kind of my thing, I guess. Well, but. you were talking about that. Maybe you felt one of your strengths as a composer was the fact that you're not a classically trained composer that mm -hmm. you have these like musical limitations sure. you know and so that advantage for you yeah because maybe, it gives you yeah. that well I'm, i think so yeah yeah i think it i mean i just listening to the just the sounds even you know like mm. just that you have such a unique you have a voice <laughs> i was going to say that i feel like the music in gravity falls is like mm. a character oh. like i honestly feel that there is a uh, without the music what it was it would be a very, very different show. I still mm. think it'd be a great show. I mean, it's sure. obviously super well written. Yeah, yeah. Great story, great character arcs, and mm -hmm. the way they grew and changed. But um, I mean, I think the music is kind of like it's kind of like in a like some movie where the the landscape is a character, mm -hmm. like you're fighting against nature or whatever. Yeah. But I felt like I felt like your music really was um, special and made it have the emotional resonance. You know, like mm -hmm. the gosh, man, that slow. The slow, sad Gravity Falls theme, man, oh, that right. gets me. Yeah. I mean, that just, ugh. it's like if it wasn't already going to make you cry, like yeah. that theme, man, just like, <laughs> just thinking about it, um, really brought tears to my eyes. Like, so cool that that's, um, you know, like that your music really has that impact. Oh, thanks. You know, um, well, just, it's hard. I mean, like, Honestly, that the, like the show was so good. It's it's kind of hard to go wrong, but <laughs> it's not, it must be cool to get have a chance to be on that show. Oh, I mean, it was you know, so like lucky, yeah. It, you know, I know that there's a lot of you know luck, providence, sure. karma, whatever. I know yeah. people give call it a lot of different things, but one of the things that I've seen is that when you just keep doing what you're doing, mm -hmm. you know, that luck tends to happen more. Sure. Too. And it yeah. sounds like you hustled. Well, I, yeah. You I were mean, hustling in the beginning too. It sounds like you Yeah, were I mean, I still am. I, I, the thing is with this stuff, I always tell people is like, you're going to have to do a ton of work for free. And then once you start getting paid, you're still going to have to like do stuff for free, like to get more work. And you, you just have to work really, really hard to do this. Um, and then you have to be lucky also. Like, you have to be kind of ready, um, you know, when that thing strikes, when you do get that job, which I don't, like, I kind of learned on the job. Like, my first job, I was, I kind of knew what I was doing, but I also had a lot to learn. I still have a lot to learn. But, um, yeah, you gotta work really hard, and you have to be ready, you know, spend a lot of time, you know, making silly songs and... You know, maybe someone will pay you to do it eventually. <laughs> yeah, that's that's my goal. I want to yeah. I want to get paid to write songs about tacos, man. I, I've got a few that I think I, I think it could be big. Oh, that's awesome. Um, oh, this is a so. What are you working on right now? So, what is you said your Voltron? Yeah, we're doing myself and Brian Parkhurst, who is in the other room, um, are doing Voltron, which is really exciting. Um, we Bear Bears, which I'm so psyched about. I love that show. I don't know if you've seen it, but I, I watched it so much an heart. episode yeah. and it was super funny Yeah, and I listened to a ton of the music oh, cool. and I just yeah. love the music. Like, I just think that show has so much heart and in a different way than Gravity Falls. Yeah, I was going to say because Gravity Falls definitely had Yeah, but I had, it has the same respect for the characters that um, I think is a new thing in animation. Like, and another show like Steven Universe is the same kind of thing. Like, it's, it's real, you know, like, um, mm. And I, I'm just, I'm so, I feel so lucky to be on that show. 
Um, yeah, and Pickle and Peanut is the funniest show I've ever worked on. It's so funny. Like, I really think you. Should, I think you would like it. Okay, I'm gonna. I'm it gonna sounds watch Pickle like and Peanut when you hear Pickle can't. and Peanut, you're like, what? Pickle and Peanut? <laughs> like, it's so funny. You gotta watch it. It's just. It, it's. I, uh, I'm gonna. I'm going to watch I'm it. I'm surprised it's on Disney though, because <laughs> it's really. It's so gross. edgy. Yeah. Yeah, they're getting a little edgier. Yeah. I think they might be. That might be a thing they're doing intentionally. Sure. Um. Uh. uh technical questions about composing. Uh, mm-hmm. Molly G asks. Um, is the music software that you use easy to use? Do you plan to make music for any other cartoons or TV shows? Which I think you answered some of that. But mm-hmm. what is the software you're using? I know you told me, but I use Pro Tools, which is not typical for this kind of work. Most composers use uh, Logic or Cubase, mm-hmm. which I think are more well suited to uh, working with a ton of MIDI instruments. But Pro Tools, what I learned on, it works fine. And yeah, I mean, it's you should use what you comfortable with like it doesn't matter at all what you use <clears throat> you know uh ableton live is awesome i love playing using ableton i don't really use it it's not as it's hard to archive with ableton live so i don't use it as much um but anything like you know reason is cool like uh, i've reason, used yeah reason yeah reason is still awesome. i i've used a lot of different stuff um but Pro Tools is what I'm comfortable with. You just find yeah. a tool that you're comfortable yeah. with and just use it to the best of yeah. your ability. Yeah, use GarageBand, like uh, that band Justice. Remember Justice? I they remember were big a few years ago. And they did it in GarageBand. GarageBand. That's and it hilarious. sounded awesome. Like that album is still amazing. Um, it doesn't matter what you use, you know, just. just and I, for me, that was when I first started, I, it, I still have, am guilty of this, like having the right piece of gear that's going to get you going. Like, that's why I have that big stupid wall. It's like I kept buying stuff and then like, okay, well, I need to get this other module, then I can do the thing that I want to do. But right. you just need to start. And actually, when I first started making music with computers, all I had was a two-track editor. You know, like it's called Peak. I don't know if you ever used uh-uh. Peak. It's just like a stereo track. And I recorded a couple of guitar sounds into my laptop and started chopping them up. That's like the first thing I made. And um, and I still feel like that's some of the best stuff I made because it was like so... It was very... It was pure. Like I had... All I could do was cut and paste, and I could record a sound into the dumb like microphone on my laptop. And um, I still, and I sometimes wish I could go back to that. I wish I, it sounds dumb, like, but I wish I just had this synth, only this synth mm-hmm. and a laptop. Uh-huh. But I unfortunately can't get away with that. Um, but I feel like I would make make better music if that's all I had. You know what I mean? Yeah, too many options, I think, is a bad thing for me. Unfortunately, I have a lot of options. I know, you do have a lot of <laughs> options. You guys, he's got... Uh, I'll take a picture of this, too, but there's just a whole bunch of guitars, and you saw the synthesizers, and there's boxes with all kinds of cool pedals, and it's just a... It, it makes me happy as a musician to look at this room, even though I don't know half of... I wouldn't know how to use some oh, of these. I wouldn't I know mean, how to patch them. You just start plugging them you in. You start plugging them happens. in and see what happens. Um, on Do a Good Deed, guest vocalist... Do a good deed. Which song was that? Uh, it was on. It's oh, like a female doing, gospel. Lead. Oh right, yeah, that one. Um, now, if that's you singing, no, I that, have new level of respect. That, by the way, that's this. Uh, her <laughs> name is uh, what's her name? She sings on like The Voice and stuff. She's uh, like just a <laughs> she's top tier <laughs> professional. <laughs> yeah, Carmen. Her name is Carmen Carter. Like incredible singer. She's singing on. Uh, uh, there's a song called. It's like Boss Mabel or something. I can't remember. She's singing oh, yeah. a couple okay. songs. Okay, okay. She's. I love her, she's and I amazing. love your James Brown guy. Oh uh, yeah, which one is that? And uh, oh, and for We Bear Bears. Yeah, 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 yeah. That guy. Oh, what's his name? Yeah, he was great. Yeah. <laughs> that voice killed me. I was like, <laughs> okay, if Brad's doing that, that's I just did, nuts. I mean, I could play you my demo where I sang on oh. it. <laughs> like, I I did an okay approximation, but 
Yeah, but when you bring someone in that has yeah, that, they just have that timber in their voice, right. man. <laughs> I was going to say, I really hated the abbreviated theme song. When oh, they yeah. cut the theme yeah, song. Yeah, that's a bummer. <laughs> I was like, but I know that that's like one of those things where they needed that yeah. extra 10 seconds or whatever right. to, to, because they're very, because the shows are set. They have yeah. to be like a certain length. Yeah, it's so weird when you chop out a piece of song and you're expecting And the whole other. melody, yeah. I <laughs> yeah. was like, I know some people wouldn't miss that, but I like, I had just listened to it like, 40 times in a row mm-hmm. so when it got to that episode like is that the only episode they did that or was there a I couple? think it's like the last four episodes or something it's, it's I was like oh, yeah. man <laughs> what how could you do that yeah. oh yeah which one did you want to see the I want to see the theme song oh, okay. yeah I really want to break I just want to hear some of the the individual tracks that one um, I'll do my best to open that one because that is oh, it's so a real, long it's a, ago well, the, oh. I think I can open. I can open it, but it might <laughs> it might some, explode. Yeah, or we might just see like have to listen to the stems. Uh, and finding it is always a challenge. Where, where is it? And while you're while you're pulling that open, I'll read you a few more random questions okay. from students. Arnold asks, "Dear Brad, tell Alex Hirsch I love Gravity Falls." <laughs> P.S. Can I have the DVD someday? <laughs> Arnold, I don't know if he can answer that question. <laughs> Because he's not Alex. Uh, Beatrice asks, how long does it take to make the songs? How many retakes do you do? Um, Beatrice. Um, I usually, Gravity Falls, I usually have uh, a week, or two weeks. I'd be given two weeks, but uh, because of my other workload, I would basically have one week to do all the music for a a 20-minute episode. Wow. Um, And then I... Like How much music is in every episode? Minutes. Gravity Falls, it's like wall to wall. It's yeah, I was like, going to say, there's not a whole like the, lot of... Yeah, the last few episodes, it was just like 22-minute show, 22 minutes of music. But um, usually it ended up being like 15 to 18 minutes of music, which is you know a lot because you're scoring to, uh, scoring to picture. There are a lot of files on the desktop, uh, and there are a lot of files within the files. So you really had to set up so that your computer could run so- synth stuff. I mean, virtual instruments. Like you oh, have yeah. to have. You, so you have crazy processing power in your. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is about as powerful as you can buy off the shelf. Like big, like A-list Hollywood dudes, they have like custom computers, and then they have slave computers that run like all their contacts. Each thing. library yeah. is run on a separate machine right. or whatever. Right. And I'm like at the edge of what's possible with this computer. I, I, I don't have unlimited power with this computer. You know, I can I have to turn stuff off, um, but I can get done what I need to get done. If I did a big film, I might need to do, like, which I actually, like, do I might be the, doing a do film. Do you bounce some soon. of the tracks kind of thing? Like, to, uh... No, I don't do that. I have it set up. I, I kind of just keep it at the edge of what I knew. Because bouncing tracks, like, it, you end up spending a too much of, time. Too much time. Yeah, like, do I need not, to be do, able to Do you bounce those stems later? Yeah, everything, uh, one thing about doing animations or you're delivering stems you're not delivering a mix so like which is kind of a bummer because you can't give it that extra like limiter at the end an eq that kind of makes Sweetens it sound polished it. Right. um but since i'm working with samples mostly you know like uh they already have been they always sound beautiful so like it's just about gain staging um so yeah delivering stems <laughs> delivering stems so that so the st- it's like i always hear about the the nightmare would happen uh-huh. if you lost your you know your session oh. or you go back to your session and the, like all these samples don't work anymore oh, yeah. and you don't have the <coughs> but you're not really de- well you well, don't have the waves you know yeah. the original audio or and something and also like uh, I mean like if I went back to a fanboy and chum chum episode from seven years ago it wouldn't open but right. I also like am very diligent about labeling which instrument I use and from what library so in the case that I have to do that, recreate it 
I can at least find where the library is and your, rebuild like, it. Like comments yeah. of your tracks yeah, or something. Yeah, because uh, I think that's really important. And then I'm also like very diligent about backing up things. Like every day, at least you know um, you have to be in this. Do you do online backup or do you? I, have I a, do. I just a like well, machine. I I have a separate. Uh, I've I a drive here that's a backup, and then I have a. You just drag drive. it in a Dropbox. I do that too. I just drag just the session file. Do you have an automated so, thing with Dropbox? No, that's a good idea. I wish. But, I was yeah. trying to figure that out because I'm like, I like Dropbox. I got lots of space. Uh -huh. It's easy to work with. Why can't I automate this? Right, yeah. They um, didn't have a system for that. Yeah. But so you have, yeah, that's good. You have, yeah. that's an important, ladies and gentlemen, if you're a composer <laughs> and you're not yeah. backing up your files somewhere. Oh, sorry. Um, ah, I'm just here trying we to go. Get this, yeah, I could play. So here, let me see. I'm just gonna play from the stems, which is I think everything's okay. kind of split out. But so you know, here's the song. And, you know. So we've heard it. So like, um, so I'll just go. I can just go through track by track. So we have like, uh, what's happening? Oh, this is some beatboxing that you probably have never. I never even noticed that part. And there's this clapping. Just me clapping. Is it just in this it. room? No, this is this is actually my old house, which was this big like Tudor house, Tudor style house in the Hollywood Hills, and it had like all these crazy echoey hallways. So it's like me clapping in the hallway with reverb and shaker. This is some really poorly recorded drums. They're recorded in a tiny room, but this actually has real drums on it, which like is rare for my stuff. I was gonna this, say, I was. This wondering. is an instance of me playing drums. Awesome. <laughs> it sounds terrible, but. <laughs> It's like a bunch of different, it sounds horrible, but it works in the song, so whatever. Let's see, what's this one? It's like some stick Just clicks. stick clicking. And crashes, I have the crashes on a separate layer here. Reverse crash. Um, what's this one? Bass. And bass, I always do bass just, um, just direct. direct, and then I have a yeah. plug-in on it, because, you know, it usually sounds better. I mean, yeah, it's hard to make a bass sound. I'm not that good of an engineer. Um, some guitar. Do you do that direct, too? Yeah, this was probably before I had this thing, which is like this guitar amp simulator, which mm -hmm. is amazing. But this Kemper. is probably back when I was doing uh, using guitar rig or Waves guitar. But um, this thing is, it just this thing, it, it really feels like you're playing an amp and it mixes well. Like when I use guitar rig, I sometimes it's hard to mix the guitar. This thing it just sits in the mix, nice. It sounds incredible. A lot of guys like buy these and sell their amps. Mm -hmm. um, like got big dudes who have lots of amps. But anyways. But this was probably guitar rig, you know. And it's a very poorly played guitar. Lead. <laughs> so you see, that's the I, kind of guitar. Guys, this is, a, no, this is <laughs> we're looking behind yeah. the curtain this here. It's like seeing my underwear. I'm, thank you for letting <laughs> us see you in your underwear. There's some acoustic guitar. Very low, everything's super lo-fi, but when you put it all together, it sounds good. Like this is before I had, like this, I used to have a crappy guitar, which I gave to Alex as a present. That's the guitar I used. This is a newer, nicer guitar. And I used to have a really crappy microphone. Now I have an $8,000 microphone. Nice. But so this is like very What is the mic that you have right there? This is, oh, this is a, um, this is not an $8,000 microphone, but it's a, what is it? A Perlman. Uh, 250 or something, which is, uh, yeah, it's a beautiful, like, vocal microphone. This is this old stereo Neumann microphone from, like, the 50s or oh, something. Oh, yeah. Which is U87, beautiful. or what is it? And this is an SM2. It's kind of like, uh, two, um, 
use 67s, or it's a tube mic, but it's a, it's a beautiful mic for anything, but especially like acoustic guitar, it's just gorgeous. Um, so yeah, since I'm a horrible guitarist, I need a really nice guitar and nice microphone. <laughs> so, that's that. It's so funny here how lo-fi this is. And that's, I think, yeah, that was, so that's me just playing guitar and with a with bunch a of reverb and delays. Yeah. And, and then um, some reverse guitar, that always does. Can't go wrong with reverse guitar. Um, how do you, um, when you line that up, how do you do that? Do you just, you I just play... Like, Grab a piece of it, you know, um, like that. In that case, I just hit a note. Um, That's the note of the chord. Yeah, and right. then uh, just reversed it, you know, with Pro Tools, and then lined it up to where it needed to go. Um, and sometimes, if like it's a, uh, you know, rhythmic part, you have to yeah, I was reverse it and about chop that. it up. Okay, and then, okay, uh, yeah. Which I want to play around with that. It's yeah, fun. I had to do that the other day for something, and it didn't work. <laughs> it's too difficult. You're like, uh, <laughs> yeah, I give up on the idea. <laughs> yeah, especially if it's like not like straight rhythm, right? Yeah. Like, um, if it's like anything dotted and yeah. all of a sudden, right? Yeah. Where things are falling. Yeah. <laughs> Simplify. It's simple. uh, so this synth parts. I can't remember what I was using. It's probably this because this this was my only synth for a really long time. The JP6. Yeah. Um, and I used to do it. Yeah, I'm sure this was for that. I did everything with this for a long time. I'm a big fan of that. Sound. Is that like a is that a, a like a hold down kind of thing? Or are you doing? No, I was probably just doing. I was probably doing. Yeah, playing. I, I usually what I'll do is I'll record. You know, I'll record the MIDI, sending it to the synth, and then I'll clean up the MIDI because. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. And then because I'm not a great keyboardist, but. Um, so then the MIDI will play play this yeah. back in. Yeah, oh, and I finally so cool. like just after like ten years set this up so the MIDI will record out of it so I can actually play from here, which feels much more intuitive and you feel like you're playing the synth, but record the MIDI, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's a s subtle distinction, but... I get, yeah, <laughs> that's cool. And then what else is... Um, these are some... I think this was this, actually. Just like a bell sound. And then glockenspiel yeah, and yeah. that thing. That part is what right. takes it to the heavens. Yeah. And this is like, this is actually a contact instrument. It was like a guitar harmonic with a bunch of delay on it. And this was um, a sample of an Omnichord, I think. I can't remember. Do you yeah. high pass everything? It, it might be. Do you do a, a lot keyboard. of high passing? Yeah. yeah. Like just this, basically everything but your drum or your kick I, drum not, or something? Or it, do you... It depends. I'm not like a... I only do it if I feel like there's a problem. Like, you know, I don't gotcha. just automatically high pass. I do usually high pass vocals, but I don't like by default do it because I think sometimes you lose some of the more than you need it. to lose. Yeah. But um, I'm also not a great mixer. I'm like, so I just like, I'm like oh, scrambling to figure it out. But um, I've gotten better about like knowing when to high pass and stuff lately. This, you know. Um, I can't remember this. This this I forgot how like droney and weird this is, but it sounds really cool. I can't remember if this was a real omni. Sounds like a trumpet, kind of. Like <laughs> yeah. A, like a. I can't remember how I did what this is from. It might have been like a weird. Like I have a ton of those that pile of weird keyboards. Yeah. I have like three more piles like that. Oh. I just man. love. I have a couple of those. Yeah. I I and that's my favorite thing is just old weird with keyboards. With notes on the like with the notes written yeah. on the keyboard. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> And then, oh, and then some piano, which is this. Yeah, I just played it, and then I'm not like a, I'm not a 
I don't program MIDI like um, like this with a pencil. Mm -hmm. You know, I just can't. I don't have the patience to do this. You play it in. I and play then adjust. it and then clean it up. Yeah, yeah. that's kind of what I do. Yeah. I can't. I'm not. Yeah, same way. Unless right. I'm. I don't know. I just can't make music that way. I, I like my. It doesn't work for my brain. Like I have to sit and improvise. Like. You know, I say if I'm writing a scene, I'll get a couple string patches up and just play to the scene. Um, but I know like a lot of like especially like young like EDM producers, they can just sit with a pencil and sketch out a song, and I I think that's amazing. I can't do that. I, I can't. I guess I don't have the vision. You know, I feel mm -hmm. like they have. They must have a vision in their brain of what it needs to be, and they can just write it out. For me, I need to like play stuff to find Hear what it, it is. Right, yeah. Right. But, right. Um, what are the blue tracks? Oh, so these are these are just the stems. So this is stuff we've already heard. Oh, okay. But, uh, like, well, let's uh, hear. I want to hear the whole thing now. I want to hear the. I can like. Well, I could play you. Uh, oh wait. Sure. We didn't hear the whistling, did we? Where? No. Where's the whistles? See, this is. How could you hold those back? Oh yeah. So auto tuned, heavily auto tuned whistling. Very choppy. And didn't do a good job of cleaning it up. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome that all the little things are in there. Yeah. But you know what? When it's all playing, man. Yeah, you don't, you just hear, uh, but yeah, so then, whoops, hold on, what's happening? So they, yeah, they're all click. Up and, <laughs> yeah. Here's the track. <laughs> this thing I, I love that that I just like took a bunch of the I think I just took um, if I remember I think it was some of this stuff I think it was like chopping that stuff up and reversing it I can't remember I love how that, like that it's just the way that goes with the picture and how it zaps oh, out with yeah. that is just That's so, so cool, cool what they do with I, it, yeah. so, totally unre unrelated note or maybe not the Froyo song <laughs> has oh yeah, these, has these huge pauses in it. Oh, that's because and I haven't seen the show, so I'm oh, assuming yeah. that there's like a thing right. happening between. Yeah, when you see it, it's just yeah. this recurring. Like he's having a hallucination, <laughs> like in the desert or something. I can't remember, but uh, yeah, he's hallucinating this Froyo machine. So that's why there's not a full song. Right. So yeah. I, I should actually write a full song, but usually I'm so busy, I'm like I just write the little chunks because yeah. I just need to get it done. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but then I always regret later not writing like the full song. So you know, it's nice to have a full song. But which is what I love about yeah. what you're doing, because it seems like you just feel very free to just yeah. try and experiment. Well, with you anything. also just you have to like because that's like, what they're asking yeah, for. <laughs> we need a death metal song. Like, okay, I have an hour. That's happened, right? Yeah. That's oh, happened. oh, all the time. Like especially Pickle and Peanut, there's a death metal song all the time, but. <laughs> So you have to like be familiar with all the styles, and you have to be able to make one like really fast. So I have an hour. I need to make a death metal song. You know. Cody M asks, "What was your favorite song that you worked on Gravity Falls?" And let me um, make sure yep. Honestly, like the one I didn't write, "Goat and Pig" is my favorite song, <laughs> That's and funny. I didn't write that one. <laughs> what was your favorite song that you wrote? I Goat and I agree. Goat and Pig is <laughs> incredible. Uh, I you know Gravity Falls to me like was less about the songs. Like I'm really proud of the score for that show. 
but I I never I and the songs I never felt like I kind of owned those songs. Like I felt like they were Alex's vision, right? Where it, which is fine. But whereas like We Bear Bears, I really feel like I'm so proud of those songs. Like I feel like they're that I have ownership. I mean, Alex wrote or Daniel wrote the lyrics, but I feel more um, like I own those songs. I'm just really proud of those. We repair songs, and you've and you've come because like, that's mm. your progression as an artist yeah. too. Like yeah. you're you're the, you know yeah, I'm a better writer now for sure. Like in terms of songs, but um, Gravity Falls was more just like I'm the score, especially the the last like bit of the show. Like I I'm really happy with how all that turned out. That's cool. Know. Garrett Paulsman was asking, "What was it like working with Alex Hirsch?" I think you kind of answered that. It, yeah, he's a great know. creative. I have talked about it a little bit and some other stuff, but he's a uh, yeah great creative partner. Like I learned so much from his direction, you know, and his sensitivity to like the emotion of a scene. Like yeah, he's he's an amazing artist. Um, and then Nicholas Q asks, "Can you please give me your autograph?" Oh sure. <laughs> <laughs> we have a piece of paper here, Nicholas. We're gonna we'll sign it, or I'll bring a pencil. Here I have a pen here. I um, thought that was a hilarious question. My, uh, he was in my class. Can you ask him for his autograph? <laughs> I'm like, well, write it down. My autograph is really not... All right, I have to try to actually write it because I usually just go like... <laughs> and that's not going to be acceptable. Here you go. You're hearing it's the still, signing there you the go. autograph. That's my name. That's not... I mean, that's a horrible <laughs> There we <autograph>. go. But, <laughs> but it's everything that probably all his dreams have been fulfilled with. Um... <laughs> Thank you so much for oh, thanks for having for me, having me yeah. and what a just thank you. It's great. Oh, thank really you appreciate. For it. Do you have a, a website or anything? Yeah, or I think I mean the social just, media that we can pimp for you. You can just Google my name, and there's like Google. I have a website, like you know, it's just bradbreak.com, and and that's spelled B R E E C K. Yeah, or if you just Google Gravity Falls, Brad, this has a bunch of my music, or just SoundCloud and. Yeah, guys, no. go to his SoundCloud page and check it out. Because if you, I mean, if you're liking any of the music that Brad's done, and if you're here, you probably already do. Um, you can listen to it all right there. And I have most of it downloadable. Not and so you, you can put, you stuff. can do all that. You can just have it up, and there's no issues with. I see that I like. I don't know. I don't. Well, fans bugged me. Not bugged me. I was happy, fine to try to do it. People asked me for the the soundtrack forever, and I would bug Disney about like, can we put out a soundtrack? Like, just put it on iTunes or whatever. Like, you know, you don't need to put out a CD. And they never did it, so I was like, I'm just going to put it in I'm SoundCloud. really surprised. Maybe, I know. That, that they well, I think they eventually out. put the theme song on iTunes. But, um, I mean, it would cost nothing for them to... Yeah, to make a digital... Yeah, whatever. So, I just put it on... No one said anything about it, so it's fine. No, so, I, now I just put everything up there, because Then if they want fun. you to take it down, they're going to release the album. Yeah. Just ask you to do it. So That's cool. Yeah, it's fun. And, yeah. Well, thank Ooh, you very much. Thank you. It's been fun. This has been an interview of the amazing and humble Brad Breek. Special thanks to my students, viewers, and listeners who asked great questions for this episode of the show. Music by Brad Breek. I'm your host, Mr. G, and you've been listening to Create, Destroy, Repeat. <laughs>